Good morning everyone and welcome to episode 40 of Off The Record. I'm your host Imogen Marshall and as always please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. All the details are on our website www.offtherecorduk.com and for our episode this week I've got a lovely conversation with the amazing duo um, Gasoline and Matches. Sally and Steve. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation and make sure to check out their music, including their new single, Not Into Country. And apologies in advance for a little bit of echo that goes on with the audio. It's just one of those things that can't really be fixed. But I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Please welcome Gasoline and Matches. So, with the lovely Sally, wait, how Sally, what is Sally Ray? Ray. Ray. Yes, yeah, so Sally Ray Morris. I feel like both your names, by the way, Sally Ray Morris and Steve Mark, are made for like. Bats. Yeah, kind of. They're kind of like one of those things, just like trip off. You're like. You guys, I'm sorry, but your parents just christened you well, and you were born to my, do this. My name, though, is my mum's... Um um, my mum's maiden name is Ray, so her name was Angela Ray, and so when they when they had me and they'd already had a daughter and they didn't yeah. want any more kids after me, so because they hadn't had a boy, they wanted. Oh no, no, it was to do with the fact because my grandparents never had a son, yeah, and then they just wanted to carry the name on in some way, so they put it as my middle name. Because Ray is such like a we're such a country name anyway. I've always said it's not spelled the same way as no, which is bloody annoying. No, but it means that it's like this sort of take on country already before you even start. <laughs> but everyone says it wrong or spells it wrong and that's Sally Ray R-A-E. It's like you read things, don't yeah. you? Like you check that you're putting the right thing on. But no, but no, no people don't do no, that. No, no one does people it. don't correct themselves. Uh, I've had a lot of people um, who know me as Steve in, in my industry yeah. and they and they know I'm Steve and friends and, and they call me Mark. Really odd. But then uh, I suppose it's... They, I think they just see Mark's Mark. They just see Mark. And they, it's, it's really strange. People I've known for many years, and they That's see me in the shop weird, and go, "How's it going, Steve?" But occasionally they'll send me a message. Mark, any chance you can get one of those delivered? And I'm like, I've had that before actually because emails. Though. Marshall is also quite obviously like a, a name. Is that your name? Um, image of Marshall? Marshall? And people go Marshall, and I'm like, no, 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 no. My name is not yeah. Marshall. Do I look like a Marshall? I don't know. Marshall's <laughs> a good name. That's eh? quite yeah. a pop star name. So I always also talk about you guys individually before we get into how you came together and everything. Okay. So was it always been music for you both growing up or has it always just been a part of your life? Yeah, it has, it has for me since I was um, since I was about eight years old and my dad took me to see a movie Yeah. and I just fell in love with the section. A lot of the movie was based around the guitar, Back to the Future. Yeah. And I just knew right then that I, that I just, I just, on this big screen, this guy playing this, a Gibson, this is it. a Cherry Gibson, was just a yeah. I still wear Nike. I still wear denim coats. You're just still following on that. I, yeah, I still, I still, it's still a, that that takes me right back. Yeah. yeah. I didn't start playing until I was maybe 13, 14. It's kind of the cool thing that you were like, oh, one day I'm going to pick up that guitar yeah. and my life is going to change forever. I did the tennis racket thing in front of the mirror. And, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the amount of things you can pretend are guitars is quite frightening actually. When I think back to like my, my childhood days, like pretty much anything you just pick up and be like, yeah. yeah. A broom or something. Yeah, anything. And how about you? Was it all bit, always been music? 
Yeah, I always wanted, when I was a kid, I always wanted to play guitar. And my dad decided that I needed to learn a classical instrument. And I know you can play classical guitar, but you couldn't be in the orchestra or the wind band if you were playing guitar. So he kind of pushed me more towards learning an instrument. Yeah. So I actually learned the flute when I was younger. And so I have that in common. Yeah, but it was when I turned... He bought me, a, I was bought a guitar for my sixth birthday and I learned how to play House of the Rising Sun. But my hands were a bit small. Yeah, can still play that one. Um, but it was when I was about 12 that I was like, I want to do this now. And I started having guitar lessons at school, just a few. It would be basically be me taking my CD collection in and saying, can you... And what was Can the you work out the Oh, time. it was terrible. But <laughs> you're like, I'm not even going to say I don't want it on record anywhere. What I listen to back. That is off the record. Um, but so, and, and I started writing songs because I, yeah. I think I always struggled singing other people's songs. And I think I, I started. I wrote my first song when I was about twelve or thirteen. And in that first year of me writing, I'd wrote about a hundred songs. No, I, was gonna I wish I could about that later. Like, has just something that you've always yeah. just come to you naturally. I, I think it was just I. I wanted a song that would would say something for yeah. me, you know, so it's kind of, it was easier writing What's my own the title? of the first song. The first song I wrote was The Things You Say. Mine was called Ooh. No Easy Way Out. No Easy Way Out? No Easy Way Out. I thought it said Nosy Way Out. I was like, <laughs> things like you say in the Nosy Way Out, they can't work together. How does that work? I'm like, I'm not going to judge you because it's your first song ever, but it's fine. I remember writing it when my dad was watching Take the High Road on yeah. Sunday afternoon, religious programme on ITV. Mine was mainly rhyming words. <laughs> Oh, my imagine song, it was it like, was what rhymes with cheese? Yeah. Cheese. Lies. Therefore, cries. <laughs> just. Ooh, that's, that's quite deep for a yeah. 12 year old. I'm pretty sure you lie, I I'd cry. Been, like about chocolate. Like, that's fair. Like, probably that deep. And th so, was. Because I know you guys bonded over like similar interests in music. So, yeah. did you listen to similar stuff growing up, or was it kind of. You know, some people have like very different interests when yeah. they're younger, and some I mean, people actually stick to When I was, when I was growing up, it was. Um, I didn't really find music until I'd like I'd like to make it more of a sort of a romantic story. But there was a guy at school who was a bit of a nerd, um, and he wore a denim jacket with an Iron Maiden patch on the back. And I just thought, what is that? I like the imagery. But he used to get not bullied, but a little. He had long hair than everyone else. But we became friends. We walked home one day to his house, and he. His brother had a bedroom and it was full of um, Bon Jovi posters and Whitesnake posters and I just, I fell in love with rock music at that point and before that it was all football. I wasn't interested in music at all because my dad was like yeah. an avid footballer fan and footballer himself. And, and it's what people do when they're younger. Yeah, so I mean he always, he always supported me when I switched to music and didn't yeah. want to buy football boots at Christmas, I wanted to buy like, guitar. a guitar. And then, and then like, yeah, it was around the time that the, the Boxed and MTV were on cable TV and yeah. And country music television was on cable TV then, and I just used to admire the guitars and the colours yeah. and Slash walking outside of a church. Yeah, it just looks cool, doesn't yeah. it? And you gotta wear the outfit yeah. and stuff if you wear the rock guitar. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, since since that point really, it's always been music. Yeah, yeah. and I think because both of your, I feel like you, you said, again, this is when I stalked too much on Instagram, it was like, so you this post about how your musical journey doesn't really start until obviously you guys met, but what was the sort of, what were you guys doing before you met, I guess? I, was, I know you were in sort of a few different Yeah, I was singing in a, in a rock band, um, lead vocals, and it was kind of like Queens of the Stone Age meets the Foo Fighters, I guess, something like that. 
but but I, I, yeah. I wanted to um, I wanted to I, I've always enjoyed acoustic music. I've always tended to write the slow stuff. I guess also because obviously you work a lot with guitars as well. Yeah, do you, do I like you feel like. I might be completely wrong with this, but do you ever feel with the acoustic stuff that the instrument kind of like you get more out of it? Oh yeah, I used to I used to run an acoustic department when mm -hmm. I met Sally actually in a large music store, probably the largest in the UK actually in Birmingham, and um, I, I love I've always loved acoustic, but I've always loved hard rock as well. Yeah. But growing up, I went to ton, tons of concerts. There's not many people I haven't seen in concert. Uh, in the rock pop metal world. Yeah. I mean, I've seen we'll Cher. Start, I wish I could test say. you on this and be like, so if you listen to this person, but I would, I would definitely be like, <laughs> I've, yes, I've, 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 I've been to a Cher gig, I've been to a Michael Bolton gig, I've seen Kylie twice. I've she's going back, Kylie. Mate, she's gone country actually, yeah, she so has, yeah. brings Everyone, it around full circle. Like, there were quite a few people going country. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've seen Slipknot and, and, and Metallica. 15 times. Yeah, I just love music. Yeah. I think same as Steve, I was I was playing in other bands um, before I met him. I'd studied music at college yeah. and then I actually didn't go to university when I left college because I wanted to do yeah. music. So I'd got a job in HMV. Um, which was a great place um, to work. You when you music all day. Listen to music all day. Yeah, get a discount. That was great. Yeah, that, um, I mean, to be honest, that's <laughs> Back in the days when you had to buy CDs on yeah. streaming services. Yeah. Well, all my wages went on buying CDs, but that was actually really good because I discovered a lot of other musics from yeah. music from doing that. Um, and I played in a band which was more in that kind of rock, pop yeah. genre. Um, I don't know, kind of. I don't want to say Paramore, but kind of edging yeah. more on that because it, it's it was always even named difficult. After Alexis on fire. It was yeah, it was drunk Song. lovers, sinners, and saints. Oh. Try and get that right on a poster. Wait, <laughs> we got called everything. That was the band. That was drunk, the drunk, drunk lovers, sinners, yeah. and saints. That's I was the sinner. No, you fit it on the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> How do you? But actually, that start. So all of my bands that I've been in have always been named after songs. So the first band I was in was actually called Falling Home. Don't ask me who wrote the song, but I know it was on the end of a horror movie. It came up on the credits. I was like, what was that song? It wasn't like a really like, dark song, but <laughs> randomly. Yeah, <laughs> And then um, the second band, and then obviously Gasoline and Matches is yeah. from a song as well. Yeah. So that, that's a good one that comes up as well. I was like, is there something here? Is Leanne Rhymes? So it was Buddy. Buddy and Julie Miller, I believe, okay. the original, and then Leanne Rhymes okay. did it as well. Um, so we actually heard the version that the Nashville cast do because we we were driving through America. The Nashville cast has brought us so much. <laughs> I know. Music, like. I think. I mean, I loved it. the first few seasons of that. I bought all of the CDs actually when yeah. that first came on. Um, well, Songwriters on that on those seasons. Like you look at the cast of songwriters. They yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know, striking matches, and obviously, there's a lot of bands that have come through from writing songs for show. And um, the Brummies, who were, yeah, they they wrote, wrote again. Yeah, so there's lots of artists that wrote for that show. But we, the track just came on the CD player when we were driving somewhere through, I don't know, Tennessee or Alabama. And oh, Steve, it's, it's got to be in that scenario, isn't it? For it to stick. Yeah. Like, it can't just come on like. Yeah, it's kind of a cool story how we come up with the name. Yeah. But Steve was like, that'd be a great band name. And then he wasn't completely sold on it because he thought it maybe, because of gasoline, it may be a bit too American. And we, we very much want to stay true to what we are. But 
I don't know, it wouldn't sound as cool if you called it petrol and oh, lighters, would it? There's so many things where I'm like, it just doesn't sound as, as cool if you say it in the English accent. Actually, when you're driving to the long road, you're saying um, cottage, like cottage, cottage. Yeah, it's so much nicer <laughs> when you say cottage, cottage. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything sounds a bit in America, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that's where some people put American accents on when they're not from. <laughs> and then obviously, I feel like you'll go through the story of how you met and how you formed this band. Like, it could, let's face it, it could be a movie. Let's hope someone's going to yeah. pick that up and make it into a movie. Someone could make it a movie. That would be great for you guys. It would. Like if anyone day. wants to make it, then. We're just putting that out in the universe. Yeah. But what's the thing that some people do that, don't they? They put things out in the universe and then it and happens. Then they will it to happen and then it. No, <laughs> some hippie thing that I yeah, don't really quite thoughts. understand. Yeah, the secret, yeah. But positive thinking. Tell me about the story. Like, because obviously you met in a guitar, in your guitar shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I, I ran an acoustic department, uh, like I said, um, and uh, Sally came in one day and to. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Obviously. she walked in. And jaw I, dropped to the floor. The and tongue was hanging. Your whole started, started dribbling. <laughs> and I was like, "Who's that guy over there dribbling? <laughs> Do you need a handkerchief?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we sort of. I was into an artist called Butch Walker, mm. and, and I many, was into him. And not many people mention I'm him. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't heard of him. Check him out. Yeah. You so have to check him he's, out. He's um, yeah, he's, he's a prolific artist. Yeah. He's an all-rounder. He can play every instrument pretty much. He's a producer, a performer, a songwriter. All-round I mean, badass. He's, he's just a. He's, he's the man. He's, he, he is he's the a man. Cool dude. He's worked with everyone as well like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you've got a CD at home that he's produced or yeah. written a song on because yeah. he's worked with everyone from, he's done a lot of the punk rock band okay. people like Bowling for Sue yeah. and Weezer and Fall Out Boy yeah. Panic at the Disco and then he's worked with artists like Avril Lavigne Pink I think he has worked with Taylor Swift yeah. he definitely did a so very he's done like so, quite a range. yeah uh, Ryan Adams yeah he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's just sort of you've got to be a talented producer by the way to do that, that yeah kind of he's, got many, he's got many producers that you see leave that mould yeah. I mean in the 80s he was, in, he was sort of in a hard rock band which I gravitated to in the beginning and throughout the years he's gone more and more alternative and more country yeah. But um, he's just a great guitar player, and like he can hold an audience. Like he's, he's the most charismatic yeah. guy. That is something when you know. I, I watched him at the borderline, and it was just like I, I was transfixed. For, and he was just him on his own with a keyboard, that, a for guitar. That is such a magical moment for us. Like you just want to stick with you, yeah. like in a way that you can go to a stadium and see a show and you're like wow this is amazing but for me it's always the one definitely the smaller rooms it's yeah. always that's why looking forward to tonight yeah. so when i when i found out sally knew him as well it's kind of rare to know somebody else that was into him and you're like you're just ears perk up and you're yeah. like wait sorry <laughs> so so we got chatting sally ran an open mic night yeah and um i felt quite uneasy about getting up on my own at an open mic with an acoustic guitar but I wanted to try and I did I'd done it before but it'd been a long time since I'd left the confines of a four-piece rock band so you kind of got a step a bit out yeah and it was right by where I lived and I was, I'm gonna go down and I started I started really enjoying uh, doing some cover versions of some of my favorite songs and making them sound a little different and eventually we started doing a couple of songs together, one of them being a Butch Walker song, one of them being a Google Doll song. We just had that in common, that, yeah. that acoustic rock 
people. I think like it's such a it is such wonder of people. This is also one of the things with the whole genre war that is always happening. This isn't rock. This isn't country. This isn't jazz. This is okay. You never listen to my podcast. I'm like this is one of my pet peeves when people are like this is country. It's like we draw hard boundaries. No. Yeah. Everyone listens to everything and everyone gets inspired by different Basically things. Basically, with music, like more rocky. And yeah. Like, well, how much your sound is the same. Music is about having your own sound as a band. Artists that come out sounding exactly the same as someone else will get criticised for that. There's artists that are very good that will still get criticised and you know one for an example Catherine McGrath sounds very much like a young Taylor Swift yeah. she does not deny that she's a major influence for her and the music she's putting out I actually think it's great that she's come along and is doing it because Taylor Swift doesn't sound like Taylor Swift anymore so she's kind of filled that gap but you will people will draw comparisons and if you're too similar to someone you're almost a tribute act so it's kind of you've got to be careful but what we found we, hard about like, that line. a lot of people said what do you sound like we found that kind of hard well it's hard because we don't want to offend people by saying we're country because it's it's hard to say that because Thank you. truly our influences come from so many things and that's what's going to lead on from this whole acoustic rock thing because a few years ago what a lot of artists are doing which is now country would have just been called acoustic rock one of my favourite bands um, and favourite all time CDs is Train Drops of Jupiter's that yeah, album, yeah. but if that came out now, that's country. However, Drops of it's Jupiter won a Grammy for the best rock song. It's bizarre, so, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And like, some people like UK country, obviously there are people who are like, it's not country, it's not the state. You guys don't know it, don't And we're like, well, what even is country? And that's the thing was like, I love like your music is just like you and like a heart of like just great songwriting. And yeah. Just got a message yeah no I think I think for us it's more about it's that influence of the sounds of guitars and um, and the truth that you're singing as well um, yeah because after you met you then went to the states didn't you for a, well, just just up and abandoned you for a while to he always knew I was going, but it was still hard on him leaving for a year. No. <laughs> but was it 12 months ago? Yeah, so I, I was working, it was when I was still studying. Okay. Um, so I was, um, I'd gone over there for a job and wanted to be able to do my music on the side as well while I was there, which I did, and I met so many people. It must have been like a great experience in terms of, also, side note, I know about your, uh, how many states you've been to, so you must have got that. Wait, was it, was it, did you stay in one place when you were out there? Yeah, like? so I was living in Maine, so in New England, um, lovely little place called Kennebunkport, and, um, what a name, <laughs> and I, when I actually was choosing a placement to go on and do it, and it, it was working in events, I, that wasn't where I'd looked at, we'd been given this guide of different places we could apply to, and I was kind of pushed in the direction, no, Sally, that's the perfect job for you there. I was like, mm, not sure if there's going to be a hell of a lot going on there. Um, but I got out there, and the one venue that I'd found to play at um, is this place called Bentley's Saloon. And it's just the coolest bar. It's one of my favourite places to play. And I finally took Steve a, a couple of months ago when we went over there. It's so cool. You walk in, there's motorbikes suspended from the ceiling. It's a full-on biker's bar. But there's also loads of ladies' bras from where they throw them up on the rafters <laughs> on the weekend. Um, and I used to go to the open mic every single Wednesday. And 
are basically a doc place. Yeah, and and even when I go back there now, I mean, they're really happy to see me. It's like drinks bought for me all night. Everyone takes care of me. They're base. I basically became there their adopted English daughter. Yeah. I don't know, they're, they're growing, I feel like, the number, but that's one of the things I do miss. Like, I wish we had it in more of those kind of places. Definitely. Um, so my laptop decided to die on me. Um, and then, so, after that you came back and then, how, how long was it till? I came, still a while. So, well, I'm just catching you mid It's okay. <laughs> I came back in about, it was about 2012. I still had a boyfriend over there. The infamous boyfriend who has all of my things. No, he had an awful girlfriend as well who hated me. So um, <laughs> I um, I was still with a guy. Um, we stayed together for a year after me moving home, and I was flying backwards and forwards. He never actually came to England. So um, <laughs> so when he broke up with me oh, via text fine. message and kept all of oh, my things, it inspired a few songs. Yeah. So uh, when I was not in the country. And he wasn't into that, but so yeah, so yeah, so um, so yeah, so it was a little while after, kind of, I'd came home, still dating him. When we broke up, my knee-jerk reaction was, well, I'm going to move back to America again. So at that point, I moved back to South Carolina and lived on a place um, on an island called Hilton Head Island, buzzing from. You might have done buzzing music scene. It was great. Um, loved it. But again, had to come back because the visa was up, had to come yeah. home. And then that that's was when... thing that we had to sort out because we can't... Yeah, but it timed really perfectly because that's when um, Steve had just broken up with his awful oh, girlfriend. And then you're like, oh, I'm like, perfect. Now Steve's got loads of time to come and play in a band with me finally. And he actually came on a trip with me about a month after me coming home back to America to come and play at a wedding. And that's when we came up with the name on the drive and all the rest yeah, of it. We started started bonding again because we had to learn so many songs for the wedding because we were performing yeah, like, like how, how long did you have before you had like from saying you're going to do it to wedding? not that long well we did but we didn't rehearse as much as we should have done um but yeah we, a wedding yeah we had, I had lo we had loads of notes each of us on our ipads just to make sure we didn't make any mistakes but but um we, we had to learn a lot of songs because we played like three times over the, like two consecutive days at a wedding. Like it's a big party. Oh, we played the night. We ended up doing. We did um, the rehearsal dinner, yeah, which was our longest set, I think. And then we played during the ceremony, and then we played their first dance and a few things. Um, but we must have done a good job because recently we got a message from her sister asking if we wanted to come to Mexico to do a wedding. Okay. I just don't think I, I can quite you, afford that. I think, you did, I think you did a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so they liked it. <laughs> I remember learning uh, Country Girl by Luke Bryan. Shake oh it for God. Steve. God. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. It reminds me of like, every any country concert. <laughs> like, that is one of the songs that had to be played. I don't know. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, we recorded a song sitting outside um, Beale Street in Memphis. We, we sat there on our guitar cases and we recorded a song on our phones and a song that Sally had written many years ago. And we actually did a demo before she went to the States for the first time. Yeah. Had, had you started by this point like writing songs together? No. Or had, had not you, really. Was it more just like one of you written? Yeah, we both had been writing, but just not together. And I think yeah. it's the way I've always written up until recently was I'll write a song and, bring and then bring it to a band, and then the band 
will tweak it musically in some ways, but I'll have written chords and yeah. verse and lyrics and things. And need that outsider input just to make it like the yeah make it sound like the band you're in as well because it, it's heavily influenced by who's the guitarist but yeah. we've it's a new thing for us really that we've been doing a few co-writes yeah we haven't done many there's a lot of artists in the uk that kind of approach and like oh would you like to write with us and we're kind of like yes but we don't really do that that often so let's it do it at some point <laughs> sometimes, obviously you don't know what the chemistry is going to be well that's the thing it's, it's kind of like singing with someone i guess like you you could, both could be great singers you both could be great individual artists but like that doesn't mean that the chemistry is going to transpire into yeah. a great musical thing have you ever been into a co-write where it like has well, we've, we've done a ha- like not even a handful mm. i've wrote with yeah. jen bostick um i wrote with her she she, she is Yeah, she's amazing as well, and she's really great at writing songs. Um, We wrote, when I went out to to America last year on my own, I'd wrote a song with her, and I also met up with Jason Tucker. I don't know if you, he was at Buckle and Boots last year. Um, They were the only two writes that I did. And then when Steve and I were back recently, we met up again with Jen, wrote another great song, really happy with it. That one's going to be hopefully on the next recording. And <laughs> yeah, and then um, we also wrote with Kenny Foster, um, which was, was the first first intro ever done in person. Kenny's great and really, I mean, it was. I think Jen's my musical therapist, and Kenny became Steve's that day because we both had. Everyone used those people. It's having a lot to say about something, and Steve had gone through a lot personally, um, and basically we told Kenny helped tell the story really didn't yeah. he you know yeah but when what was the first time you guys ever wrote together um I do. I would actually say "Not Into Country" is one of the first ones where that really finished the song. Yeah. And if you want to stay, both songs on our first EP because. Is it a case of you guys come together and write songs together, or is it most of the time one of you comes in with a kind of an idea or something? Oh, it works different. It works different all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, every song. Mm, Sally's got the main structure of a song often with all the lyrics and. I'll come and tweak a lot of the instrumental parts of the yeah. song, the music a little bit, chord progressions. Oh, what guitar needs using? What guitar needs using? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I, I think with the producer's mind, I guess, I think about yeah. everything going on. I think for me, sometimes it's just the playability of it because I'm sat there telling Steve, no, not that, no, the next, no, what did, what did you just do? No, no, that wasn't... Yeah. And I'm singing to him because I can hear what I want, but I can't maybe play it. So sometimes it's kind of verbally trying to put it across to him what I want, and then he can actually play it. And I guess over time, like now, you guys have worked together for so long, um, and like you know, just the progression of everything, you now can be like, right, we kind of know more now what each other. Yeah. Like you can kind of read something. I often bring a song to the table that's fully constructed, but my lyrics aren't always as strong and well thought out so Sally tweaks my lyrics and we just, yeah. just bounce off each other well, so even if someone is a word you're like wait that changing that one word like, yeah, changes absolutely. the meaning and, and Steve's a very pretty songwriter but I like to change things to minors here and there so I'll be like no you need a darker chord there it's too nice Yeah, I'm not nice <laughs> I want to be more grumpy I don't want to get on the stage and be happy like fairies like Stop no it's really nice. Steve why are you so it's nice it's gasoline and matches we're not gasoline and yeah 
We bring the fire. <laughs> Not fairies and toothpaste or something. And then when did, because um, I know you guys have the rest of your band, Jamie, Ben, and Dan. Dan left the band. <laughs> We've got Ben on um, keyboards and banjo, Ben Marshall actually and then we've got um jamie clayton who is a great songwriter actually he played at our last in the round when steve was away um but he's learnt bass to play in our band and then we've got mr james randall on the drums but everyone calls him beef because he likes beef it's as simple as that I love how it's just not even complicated, it's just, oh, it's just he not even it. like he's muscly, it's just he likes me. Loves it. Can't come on board with the things, I guess. Well, that's probably also a hard one because obviously you, you guys are the duo and then it's like who, who again works with that, like building outwards. They're all guys that I've been friends with for many years, really. Um, sometimes trying to find the right musicians is hard. Um, guys that might turn up to rehearsals for no, just because of the joy of music. Yeah. A lot of people want paying and stuff and we do try to, Sally does make a point of trying to pay our guys if we're getting yeah. a good festival fee or something, but yeah. um, for rehearsals, it's, you know, they, they do it out of, out of their own pocket really, but um, it's hard to find those guys sometimes and also the, the, the style of music and the style of playing, you know, yeah. I, it's, I can't get a metal guy to come on board and start playing Telecaster. You're yeah, not going to so. be like, yeah, yeah I'm so, not really that keen on that one. So ja Jamie was a, a, a good choice because I, I actually uh, I actually hired Jamie when I was a manager at a music store yeah. and now he's the manager of that music store. So we've, <laughs> kn we've known each other for a very long time and um, we have a hundred percent trust with each other and yeah. we're good mates. It's all about building those good relationships with people which I guess is kind of... Yeah. Oh, this wonderful over uh, in. Yeah. Beef, I, I, I was actually playing a lot of weddings mm -hmm. and Beef was the drummer in the wedding band, the corporate band that I was sort of in and out of. Yeah. And he, I just, he's a great guy, he's down to earth, he's, he's got his own studio set up, rehearsal studio and he's just on the button. There's yeah. not a lot, I've played with a lot of drummers and he's just really sharp. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. Like, he, he does. Be like, right, now I need this here, this here is kind of sweet. Yeah. And he's got the right level of enthusiasm for things. He gets it. He gets what we're doing. He supports us with what we're doing. Um, and he's just got the right attitude. And going back to that whole thing about it, it's hard to find musicians that will play for the love of it because there's not a whole lot of money in making yeah. your own music these days. So. Um, it's just really nice having someone on board that he doesn't complain, he says what he needs to say, kind yeah. of does what he needs to do and um, and does a good job. So. Yeah. And Ben is um, an old friend who is just a great dude and he's, he's, very, he's very good with his theory on music yeah. and he's uh, mainly a guitar player actually but he, he learned keys maybe 10 years ago and started messing around with keys and he's, that's what he, play, he plays banjo in the band because yeah. he can lend himself to be a guitar player as well but he's you know he's a nice guy he's a busy guy playing for a lot of people so yeah. there's a good heart of people getting part of the band and you know, just like people that you get along with and yeah. you spend time with because at the end of the day when you're on the road and you go going places you can't want people that you can come be in a car with Absolutely. and not going to kill yeah, yeah. and um, that's what, what we do a lot of stuff just the two of us because logistically it's easier mm. and um, we can get the stories across and yeah. we can we can do a, up to an hour quite easily mm. of our own songs and 
you know, we, but we do, it's, there's nothing like playing with a full band. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, it must, must be just that atmosphere of just like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before I talk about like, your newest music, I just got really quickly, most likely to out the two of you. So who's most likely to sing Shania Twain and karaoke? Steve. Surprise. Most likely to fall flat on their face on stage? Me. Most likely to forget the lyrics to your song? Me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most likely to fangirl. Um, Steve. Yeah, and over here. What's that? And over here. The only, the only person, that, well, I've met a lot of famous people through my job. Yeah. And then Vince Gill. Are you going to say him? No, the only person I've fangirled over <laughs> is actually a British actor. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I guess you, it's like one of those things where you can't really When they're an artist, do you have something more in... You know what their yeah. experiences were as acting, like... Yeah, it was, it was just, uh, yeah, uh, an actor called Paddy Considine. Um, <laughs> he was in a very, very cool, one of my favourite movies ever called Dead Man's Shoes. Um, he's, he's been in lots of things. He's a British guy and he's based in Burton-upon-Trent, actually, near, near the Midlands. But he's been in... Will Smith movies. He's, he's first, first time I heard of this You know yeah. him if you saw him. Yeah. He's, he's in Hot yeah. First. He's one of the cops in oh, Hot okay. First. Um, he's, he's friends with Simon Pegg and all those that group of people. But okay, so I feel like I definitely <laughs> would recognise yeah. him. But, but I saw him at Metallica and do you think I could get my words out? I, I was backstage. I'm not backstage. I could not imagine you like this. <laughs> but I, I mean, I've played, I've played guitar with a uh, Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden. I've played guitar with Nita Strauss from so Alice Cooper's like band. That, that barrier's kind of I've, yeah, I've played guitar with Phil Collins from Def Leppard. Once you've been in that atmosphere, you yeah, I think we've just both got a different approach to things because Steve will be the one that will be like, oh, I really love your guitaring, man, or I really love this, or this is great. I just think they're all my best friend and know me already, <laughs> and I'm really oblivious sometimes to people that I've met and just think we're best friends now. So. And I think the only time I've had a proper fangirl kind of moment is with Butch Walker. I've met him a few yeah. times. But still, my lip quivers when I try and smile next to him. It's that school photo thing where you've been smiling for too long and it starts to shake. <laughs> and you're like, oh. I can't keep my cool. Most likely to feel worse for wear after a gig? Me. Most likely to be late to a gig? Steve. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think we were late today? Most likely to get something vital from the set? I don't know. I feel like we both have those whoops moments, haven't we? Yeah, I'd say so. Both. Uh, most like, who takes the longest getting ready? Kind of equal. Steve. I, I always love the fact that it's always people like, oh, it's the girl, but it's not <laughs> no, always. It's people are wrong. <laughs> it is the girl, this one over here. Most likely to like give a demo to someone. Anyone Steve. <laughs> Ashley Campbell. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> most likely to cry during. Take a CD, Steve. Ashley. <laughs> She's like, uh, do you have a card? It's not my CD, actually. Please take it. Take it the car home. She was like, she was like, uh, I stream. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. It's like we're not on the streaming. This is before. No, we were on Spotify. We told her. Sometimes there's something so nice about having. Yeah, like we thought you might want the physical one. Yeah, but you know, we have the same in Nashville, actually, with. Our friend Chris Young. Oh yeah, Chris Young, we tried to give him a CD. <laughs> he was like, no, no, I'll download it. He, he downloaded our single. He actually downloaded it in front of us, which was kind of cool. Or did you, did you make him do that? No, 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 no he was no, like, no, I'll no. check you guys out. Well, to be well, fair, I, I did call him. You should, should be like, oh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> what is he saw, <laughs> he, saw, he, saw, he saw my American Young cat. 
and like, I, you guys must I be familiar with and I was like, I was like, Chris Young. And he was like, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. I was like, Chris Young, right? Big fan. He was like, you must be British with that cat and that accent. American Young cat, right? What gave it away? What gave it away? And so in the... Oh, and you, uh, you did say cry at a movie. Yeah. Steve. There we go. Yeah. Which one? Love yeah, Actually or something like that, something girly. Love it. Love, Love it. Actually for sure, yeah. Um, that is a tearjerker, not going to lie. But not that one, I've watched it a hundred times. And I feel like, so since you guys got together, you've really, like, even though it's only been recently, um, maybe this year that you've kind of started, like, actually releasing stuff on Spotify, but I feel like in those years you've still managed to establish yourselves, like, properly in the scene, and, like, Gay pressures. I'm part of the UK country <laughs> family, as we like to call yeah. it. Was that like an important thing for you? We, well, Gasolina Matches formed about three years ago. Mm-hmm. The first year of us being together, we played, we did play a few gigs and with people that you'd know. So we, the one of the first gigs we did, which Steve couldn't come to because he was in the Philippines, um, and I did it with our bass player and keyboard player, was with Jess and the Bandits, Luke and Mel and Ash Cooper band so we kind of jumped straight on to a few gigs with people but we didn't attend enough events we didn't go to things there were it was an ignorance on my part I know with um, Buckle and Boots it was in its yeah. first year then yeah. and I saw the line I was like I don't really I don't really know many of these people yeah. I don't think I want to, to go and it was an ignorance and a naivety of mine that I thought I just yeah well maybe next time and we realised that there were shows happening in Birmingham that obviously people didn't know us, so why would they think to even ask us to open for them? So we thought, right, we need to change our tactic here. We need to actually start supporting what's going on, find out who are the bands we want to play with, go and see people play. And I'd actually, I think I did look on the website for the BCMA and see see who had won all those awards. I was like, right, well, these are all people that are clearly doing great things. I'm going to go and see them all. And that's how I actually met. One of the bands on my radar was Holloway Road. And I saw they were coming to Birmingham along with Darren Hodson from Southern Companion and Liv Austin. And who was putting on the show, Dan Wharton from Your Life in a Song. So when I turned up to that show and saw that it wasn't it wasn't a great attendance, you know, people were there and he made his money that night to pay them, but it wasn't loads of people. And I told Dan that night, you're not holding another night in Birmingham without me helping you do it. So sure enough, by the end of the year, we'd held our first night, which we'd had Darcy and Janine Barry come along to, and it was almost a sold-out room. And, and it was that enthusiasm. And that's when... The yeah, Nashville Sands Around started from there, but it was kind of, I'd, I realised this and I'd gone out of my way to go and meet Gary Quinn when he was doing the, it was the Yamaha Showdown Hoedown. Um, at the Yamaha Showdown Hoedown and um, I introduced myself and it happened to be that Carl Hancock, who owns Buckle and Boots, was there that night as well. And I just started kind of joking with them saying so we're playing this year right he's like the application's closed Sally you you can't play this year maybe next year I was like yeah but we're gonna play right just kind of joking with him and he actually had said to me he's like right we want as many artists there as possible so we're gonna give you free tickets to come along and support the festival come along get involved and then next year you know what it's all about but a few days before we were going he was like Sally can you pop your guitars in the car someone's pulled out and we need you but not even, you just make friends, I feel like. 
and help people out. What you guys have done. And, and well. we, we take the opportunities when we can. We're not too big for our boots. We know we've been playing music collectively for a long time and separately for a long time. But we don't expect to get on every show or play with everyone or, you know, it's kind of, it's just finding, getting that chance to do it. And the support that we gave everyone because so many of the shows, yeah, they, they do. And it, it's worked in our favor for meeting those people. And we try not to close our minds. We've worked with all different kinds of people across the spectrum and continue to do that. And we are now giving artists a platform in our home city as well, because there's nothing really going on in Birmingham. We have artists tour in Birmingham. That's not the same as having a feature night. Is it like the first one? I imagine it is the first. Yeah, the the one in closest proximity is Wolverhampton Country Night, which Emma swindles, um, and they they do a great job. We played at their night, and it was great, and they get a good crowd in. But Wolverhampton is still a fair drive from where we are, and there are quite there is quite a lot of country fans in the Birmingham area. There are there's there's a lot of artists, and the thing is as well, evolving the night further. It's about the songwriting, mm. and even Nashville even is about. It's not even called country. Yeah. Country. That, and that's why we didn't want to call it call it Birmingham's Country Night. It's Nashville sounds in the round. Nashville. What is Nashville sound these days? Is it country? Not always. I mean, there's people who are from Nashville who don't play country music. Yeah. At the end of the day, so. so we wanted to just keep it kind of open that we could have develop it further and have other kinds of artists come and play. But it's about songwriting. It's stripping it back. But. But yeah, I do think that we've kind of, we've crept up on the scene, but done it in a methodical way where we knew we needed to meet some of these people because it is about who you know. And if they don't know who you are, why the hell would they book you? And, and it's just about getting names out there. And, and in a, it's a physical thing as well because we, we don't have loads of budget to pay for loads of ads on Facebook and Instagram and buy our followers, you know, and we haven't been lucky enough yet that we've had a video go viral that could maybe generate a lot of interest towards us. So the internet isn't the only way. Yeah, definitely. You've got a great relationship with like Dan and he all share stuff and things like that. And when you do create that, people do support And when you reach out, really like that as well. Yeah. We must be having some success because we're getting a little bit of the bitchiness now from us. From yeah, somewhere. people even don't like us now, which is cool because. I don't want everyone to buy me. <laughs> I'm not going to say any names. No, no, no. We'll just call people out, but uh, Jenna Cooper asked <laughs> But we're starting to get a little bit of that, which means we must be doing something right. Yeah. How is the process, by the way, of setting up those sounds and rounds to just reaching out to people and like people who's... We, um, are there any, also, any ones you've like, been like, this was a great night there, is there some nights where we've only, we've only done a few okay. so um, we've only actually had uh, four in total so far we had the first one was last November and then we booked in four this year and we've got the final one left so we haven't had loads of them and um, we've actually what when we first did the first one we knew Darcy and we so and we thought we'll have him down to do the first one and we'd not met Janine Barry yeah but I'd been in contact I'd met her through I don't know Facebook and been talking and I'd linked to it with um, a guy to play guitar when she was in Nashville um, and just been talking to her really and just thought I'd like to check this girl out she's doing a lot of good gigs I'd like to see her play let's have her up she came and stayed over bought pizza and wine had a great night but <laughs> so we had a lovely evening um, and it was one of those things where 
the first one it could have kind of gone well or gone badly but we've got quite a good support network of friends and family anyway that will always support us and loads of people turned up that we didn't even know on the first night so yeah so this is good and um, then we kind of we worked on getting a slightly better poster for the next few that we did and it catches attention yeah and all the things you don't realize that you have to do with the music stuff like and suddenly you're like making posters you're like but I, I just want to get up and down my well you see I love all of that side of things like I'm, I like to think of myself as a PR and marketing extraordinaire I'm not but <laughs> I like to that's my alter ego um, but so doing all of that's kind of fun to me because my background is event management so um, so but we've now um, one of the next artists we have coming for, uh, for the final night of this year Darren he had to turn down, we asked him to do the very first one and he couldn't do it because I think he was on tour. But I also knew at the time that may maybe he doesn't want to come to Birmingham if he's going to be out of pocket and he doesn't know what the night is and he's got a family and he's, he's on tour so much anyway. So now, and now we've seen all the, the videos of the night and he's got a really good relationship with Dan anyway because Dan does a lot of coverage for it. And, I really like the guy, and his wife's called Sally, so that makes You're like everything right, great. Get along he's he's such a lovely guy, and I think as soon as he saw the kind of the buzz and how great the night looks, he's like, I'm going to go yeah. and do that because it's worth it. You, like, you, you look at it and you're like, that's that like, yeah. I want to play it that night. Definitely, and I think that um, there's a big importance for me of putting on a night that I would want to play. There's not many um, gigs that we do in other cities where we're guaranteed any kind of money, and we get less people turn up as well whereas our night we're providing them an audience we're guaranteeing them some money which will cover some expenses we feed them we give them drinks and they're gonna yeah there we go you there but it's it's that fact that you've got the guaranteed audience you don't even, they don't even have to push the ticket sales we're gonna fill that room for them we do the work for them yeah i'd say it's right up there with one of the best country nights in the uk yeah. for, for unsigned acts for sure yeah I feel like this year has been like, a huge year for you guys in terms of like, yeah. getting the music out. Well, obviously people will be familiar with some of your music from yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll have heard it live and things, but I feel like now it's a, it's a turn point to put it online. Been, on, I, on iTunes, like, yeah. you're hitting the top ten and things like that. Amazing. Why did you go for something? Was that a big decision? Because obviously, I feel like you guys have got so many songs in the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know really. We just felt that like they were really strong songs, um, and it represented. That's not to say that I didn't think they were really strong songs. Really it represented the the scope of what we yeah. could do. There was a reason as well for the order we put them on the CD. <laughs> And I'm not sure if I rec can recount that reason right now, but the message of there each was song, a reason at some point. there was, and because we talked about what order should they go in, and they're in the order that we're releasing them as singles online, so we've got one more song to come out still. But the first song, Fool's Gold, was very much, that was me making my decision that I didn't want to work my day job anymore. I didn't want someone telling me where I had to be or what I had to do. It was about finding my own path and not letting someone else kind of trap me or feeling trapped. I'm, I'm very much, about want to live your life yeah, the way you don't are. you don't want to be a victim to your own destiny or what you think it's going to be yeah. you can create your own so that's why we felt that song was the breakout song yeah i, re I remember being in sally's dining room saying right i want to write this country shuffle like an elvis yeah. thing 
but like the, the chorus is going to be disco and Sally was like disco we what? call it we what call it disco? hillbilly disco or something don't but we like, got but, that. But, but my point was a <laughs> But I was coming from the I was coming from the angle of like Brothers Osborne because they have a bit of a groove like a like a not a disco groove but yeah, an offbeat that, that kind of like, off beat and when that song came because I already had the lines of the verse and I just applied them to what he wrote but the lyric I'm a traveller well clearly I love travelling. I'm not the staying kind, and it was it was just that notion of I'm not going to stay anywhere that someone tells me I have to because you're going to do my knee jerk reaction is something goes wrong, so I'm going to make something go better and I'm going to go somewhere and, and get away from it and get perspective on it. That's why I felt like that song had to come out first. The second song, um, I wrote most of I wrote part of that song when I was living on Hilton Head, yeah, um, and that was the notion of okay. I'm traveling around, I'm going all these places, but I'm going to stay in one place when someone actually kind of just asks me to, and like when I will find, I will find my happy place when someone else is there as well, it's kind of like, and the song's got more of a story to it as well, um, but that was kind of the premise of it, so it's kind of, I'm doing my thing, but I kind of want someone to anchor me somewhere. It's definitely a journey. Yeah, and then the next song, Not Into Country, um, was that notion of thinking I'd found someone as well. Yeah and it not working out and learning that it doesn't you don't have to kind of carry all that baggage and the physical sense of the word as well or all my stuff that I left behind um, so that's kind of that realisation it was just the guitar case but there, it wasn't the least of all the guitar I know well that wasn't the only thing that I left there was a few things that had a bit more sentimental reason as well but um, and then the final song um, is about those people that you do meet along the way and they're not there in your life anymore and the memories that you have of them and those things that remind you of them without having a physical thing as well but to, um, I'd met while I was in Maine I'd met this lovely man Dave Dion and he used to pick me up and take me to Bentley's um, every Wednesday yeah. and um, the first time I ever got up on stage in America was with him and his band Dave Dion and the Heavy Hitters and their thing was that they ordered a shot of tequila apart from Rich Horn, the bass player who would do a shot of ginger ale because it looked like tequila but he didn't drink so that was the first time I tasted tequila so tequila always reminds me of him and sadly after I left America and came home he actually passed away about two, three months later um, and he wasn't the only person I lost that year because I'd, I'd had a friend um, who was actually killed in an accident when I was living in the States as well. So there was, there was, and there was this thick recurring dream I had where people that aren't around anymore were coming to make me in my dreams. So, so yes, that's kind of the journey of the songs. I don't know whether that makes sense to anyone else, but it does. It's that sort of emotional journey that I feel like people go on when they listen to music and when they really yeah with music when they connect with the songs. To have that, but mm -hmm. what, what, what was kind of like the catalyst, I guess, um, putting the music out finally? Because I feel like, sort of, if you had them in the sort of around for a while, was it just like, okay, we need to, we need to go and release these now? Well, I mean, the, the whole recording process was interesting as well because we were trying to figure out where to go, and, and um, there was a guy, Justin uh, Johnson, contacted Sally and somehow saw some footage of Sally singing and said I'd like to do some recording with you but it was it was quite expensive studio time yeah and um, yeah. It, it's not, it's not cheap yeah no, it's and, really and not. I'd recorded with a guy called 
Gavin Monaghan yeah. in Wolverhampton. <laughs> the most amazing results and the most and the most organic result with him yeah. throughout my years of recording. And it was. It is important to have that. I mean, you have the relationship with the artist and stuff, but yeah. the relationship with the producer also. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I remember I played bass for this for this guy called Ben Drummond, who's a, who's the most amazing bass player. Mm-hmm. But I was playing bass for him because he was playing guitar in this particular yeah. band. So I tried to be busy on the bass on this particular recording. And uh, I remember Gavin saying to me, it's, it's too busy, simplify yeah. it. And I just, once I'd listened back to what I'd done, which is just, which was really simple bass notes, I, I sort of heard it. I was like, no, he was right. And I was, uh, when he first asked me to stop being so busy, I was a bit offended. You're like, excuse me, yeah. I know my music better, but actually, yeah, but like, like, you need that outside. And that, that for me was the, turning point where I thought this guy really knows what he's doing and he, um, he had a big part to play in the success of a band called The Editors um, he, he got them signed from their first demo that they did with him and he's recorded with so many people and I just said to Sally like let's just contact Gav and he was he was like a quarter of the cost of what Justin wanted yeah. and we ended up going to Gavin and it was local and uh, the results were so we're so proud of the results we think it th- it sounds different than what everybody else is yeah. doing I think it sounds more organic. That, like, it's got that edgy kind of you can kind yeah. of like talking to you guys now I can see where your music's come from and where it is yeah. now that I feel like it's so important that you haven't tried to be like everyone else and it has tried to be like we're gonna be a country scene and we're gonna play like yeah. this and, and put on an American accent or like go yeah. with that like pop thing. Yeah. There seems to be a movement towards it. It's just like it's you guys and what you want to put out. And there's not many there's not many acts in the UK that have a band where like there's a, there's a prominent guitar. I mean, there's, there are great guitar players in the scene, but they're generally playing for someone else. Yeah. But whereas we come across as Gasoline and matches. The, the, yeah. We are. We are. The, we are. The there was a big. Sounds weird, but not. It's weird. No, I, th- I think I, I've always had a thing that there are, and all the feminists will attack me now. But you don't see that many really great female guitar players. Well, that's where Lindsay Alfred yeah. sticks out because like she's phenomenal, but yeah, she's unusual. Which yeah, is- and I, but I think I think it's always really refreshing when you see that. There was a great. Um, singer and guitarist I met when I was living in South Carolina called Hannah Wickland and she's a lot heavier she's more rock but she moved out to Nashville and I think she's recently moved out to LA and she's she's doing amazingly but you don't get that many great lead players and there are some but there's not loads and loads so I've always kind of I I try to know my instrument I'm a rhythm player but I try to play what I play well Um, but I think it was quite important for us to it very easily could have been Sally Ray Morris, and it, because I've always had that driving passion that I want to do this as my career, and I put so much time into all the stuff behind the scenes. I'm learning how to do all of the management side and the PR side that's as well. Yeah, that super fun side. Um, but I think Steve actually said at one point, he's like, "Are you sure you want to do this as a band? Like, I'll play guitar for you, but would you like it to just be you?" And I was like, "No," because I think what's so important with my songs has always been the influence of that second the, the guitar and the second that person. gives you and how that you can actually do it Again, I don't think my songs would sound the same if Steve didn't play on them so I think that it's it's he's due that credit of it being that dual project you know being the two of us and I think um, the guitar is such an important part of, of the music that I write as well it does it, it's like it's just so prominent and yeah. that's just not 
I do. I, I love. Not normal. I love to play, and it's my job. It's my day job as well. Yeah, for the love. Yeah. What's what's next for you guys? I know it's like a big question. You're like everything, everything. I think you know the fact that we've moved. Also, BCMA nomination. Oh yeah, nominated. <laughs> Steve's got nominated for musician of the year. Yeah, which is cool. Cheeky cheeky. Um, but for me, like a, a huge turning point was doing Buckle and Boots that first year yeah. because Sally paved that way. And we did the, the the smaller tent, and we did a half-hour set, and everybody was cheering us on. To go from that point where nobody knew us to the following year, opening the festival as the first full band. But on the Sunday night, Sally came up to me and went, "We sold the most merch out of anyone." Yeah, we actually yeah, sold the only. Yeah, I think it's just when you need to get on the. We had um, the "Never Have I Ever" T-shirts, and people really loved that song, and we need to get that recorded. But um, I think it was. A testament to us that we'd kind of turned up and we 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 were the new band for a lot of people. Um, but that's when you get the connection with people, and that sometimes it doesn't matter if you're the biggest act. People, it's, it's all about the way you make yeah. people feel and the connection you get with people. Whereas, so if you play like small gigs and you have that connection with people, that's when it speaks way more than a huge arena, and yeah. you're not yeah. connected. I think I think to see that change over a year is amazing, and I I just I think the next move. I'd like to see us achieve is to be considered by some of the the big shots, yeah. like like the fact that we've shown up to a lot of events that Bale and Leonard has put on, and he knows who we are. He's played our song on his show, but to be able to to be able to be playing at Nashville meets London or the Long Road yeah. to do under the apple tree. With I think God. just the quality of some of those those nights as well. We, we'd love to be a part of it, and we feel like we're just trying to earn our stripes and like. There, do you know what I mean? Like it's not like it's, it's, it's not a big step. I don't feel it's being. It's just. It's just be nice to get that acknowledgement that we're on yeah. their radar. I know we are. Bob follows our page. Yeah. I mean, he's the king of music as far as I'm concerned. I've found so many bands through that guy. Um, and he's so knowledgeable about like oh country. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not just country either. It's like how that man has enough music in his head. I don't. Yeah. Like I mean, I found the Goo Goo Dolls through that guy. I mean. Yeah, I used to listen to like his Radio 1 mid midnight show on a, on a Saturday. And well, it's not even just us. I'm, I'm probably going to get the story horribly wrong now, but my dad was telling me how I think he got in a car crash trying to get home to watch the old Brave Whistle test for Bob, Bob Harris. Yeah. My dad actually had a car accident or something. It, it was something silly like that. So it's not just our generation. Yeah, but it's not just our generation that he's influenced. So I think it's... It would be, be nice really nice for us to do. And that ties into even, there's certain musicians that are from the Birmingham area that are kind of on my bucket list of, I really want them to hear us or see us. And one of those guys, and it, it sounds like a really big aspiration, but Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin, obviously. Um, so many musicians I've played with have actually played with him because he goes to a pub. Yeah, he lives He lives in the area and goes to this pub where I've played at the pub, but he wasn't there when I played there. I really want to meet that guy. And also because my dad has always told me a really funny story about the time he met Robert Plant. And I want to recount that to Robert Plant so Robert can say, I don't remember. So I can finally go back to my dad and say, Dad, move on. <laughs> But it's you know there's those those uh, I say smaller aspirations, yeah. but little things that are just personal kind of things. Yeah. But we'd love to we do want to go on and take the band on a full maybe a headlining yeah. tour. 
Um, there's lots of festivals and things that we we maybe attended or didn't attend this year, but we'd love to play at. Next year. I think new venues, new people, just continuing to kind of grow. More, rec more recording as well, importantly. Yeah. We've got so many songs. Uh, you, you it's hard to know like, what to do with them. Which one? We've got so many. I, I always, know which one to go with next. I always remember hearing a, a, a conversation or an interview with Noel Gallagher. And yeah. when they got signed by, I can't remember the name of the guy that signed them, but he saw them at a show in Manchester, I think. They played a half hour set. And he said, he said to Noel, he said, oh, no, he said to the band, who's the boss of this band? And Noel stepped forward. And he said, I think you guys are great. I want to sign you. Have you got any more songs? And Noel went, absolutely. We've got 50 songs. And he didn't. He only had those six songs. Yeah. And, but, it, but he knew that, you need that to. he just believed in what they yeah. were doing. And, and they, they became the biggest band in the world for a time. Yeah. And like, I think we really believe. You just don't have that issue. You're not like, yeah, yeah we don't have that many songs. It's more like, um, we do, yeah. We have too many songs and we can't decide. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So I always end with just my final question, which is just a silly effect. White wine or whiskey? Whiskey. Whiskey. I've got a proper country. country. <laughs> Record you're listening to on repeat at the moment. Yes, you may. Nobody. Okay. So many. So much good new music recently as well. I kind of like past, past, can't anything. I kind of like Laura McKenna's new album. That's really good. I, I'm still listening to the first Brothers Landreth album quite a lot. Oh yeah, I love that. That's I'll be honest. Um, I Spotify at the moment. I'm just sticking on new country or different things like that. In terms of what's in my car, usually Marin Morris. Yeah. Her um, album, I love I mean, that album. I need, I, I keep saying, I'm like, I need the second album because I'm listening yeah. to that album so to death. Like, I have it on vinyl and it's pretty much too right to record. I need the new album. I just think it's a great album. I love it, and that, that's been in my car now for 18 months or so. You know, like, it's. <laughs> please, please, I need more. Thank you. Well, I mean, if I had my choice. Um, record you would both have if you were stuck on a different island. Say again, sorry. Record you would have if you were stuck on a different I've got a list. I feel like I don't have one. My, my all-time. So although my favourite artist is Butch Walker, yeah. In terms of the album that I would say is my favourite album all, all time, it is Train Drops of Jupiter. And I love that album because I feel like I can listen to it whether it's late at night when I'm driving or. Oh you actually have Desert Island playlist. But you'd be surprised by a lot of it. I'm not. I love, I love how broad it is. Sorry, I really should say Coldplay, Goo Goo Dolls, Bon Jovi, Crazy Mustache, Jeff Buckley. Oh, so that is a hell of a list. Where did you get some Sheen? Just great albums. Yeah, great albums. Um, oh my god, we're stuck in thing. Luxury, you'd have to be stuck on Desert Island. Luxury? Luxury on Desert Island. What luxury? Oh my god. Hair dryer? <laughs> Well, I'd share his hairdryer. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna. Well, should I have the hot shower then for us? Really? We we weren't brave enough. We just drove home and back every morning. Well, yeah, it ended the whole camping thing. Here's a story for you: buckle and boots. Never camped before in my life. Yeah, this was the first time I camped in a van. Okay, so Sally, Sally taught me into camping. It's glamping, Steve. You'll really enjoy it. 
And this was last year, by the way. This is the first it, time. It was, it was fine, but like I was promised warm showers, and the first day it wasn't warm showers. But having that cold shower that day, for that whole day, I, the duration of the day, I felt so alive and so awake. I was like, this is great. But here's the funny, funny side of the story. I got home and my shower broke, my hip, my boiler broke, and I thought. Well, it was cold at Buckle and Boots, so I can deal with it. Six months later, still having cold showers. It got to the point where I was like, I've got to get this fixed. So I had cold showers for no, That's like my one thing in life. I'm like, no. And just, just um, to say, Buckle and Boots do have hot showers. It was just that morning, there was a leaf in the generator. And the next day, it was freezing cold that day. I braved it, needed to wash my hair. The next day, it was too hot. It was steamy hot. So... <laughs> Just saying. Just yeah. saying, buckle and boots, sort out your temps. <laughs> Have you been watching any of this? No, I don't think you guys have time. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I am the queen of box sets. So I can usually watch an eight season series in the space of a couple of weeks because I'll just have it on with everything. So We're both Walking Dead fans. Walking Dead, the ultimate, love that. See, I think because it's not on Netflix, like anything that's not on Yeah, I know, It's but I've just finished, um, I've just caught up on Fear the Walking Dead until Walking Dead starts. Um, I have been watching, what have I been watching on Netflix? I worked my way through everything like Pretty Little Liars. I really liked Insatiable. Did you watch that? Oh, some people said it was really controversial, but it's right up my street with it. It's really inappropriate humour. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Glow's really good. Which one? Glow. Glow, I loved Glow. It was so underrated. Like, people were like, what are you watching? And I'm like, it's I've got to say the story though, we only started watching that because we met one of the actresses in it. So, and she was like, oh, I'm in this new show on Netflix, so we're like, go on and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I loved you in it, you were great. <laughs> that was the comedy bit of the <laughs> Do you have a pre show ritual? What's that? A pre show ritual? Um, pee. <laughs> Panic pee. Quick and Check a mirror. Grab a drink, check my hair. Grab your guitar, make sure that's there. Yeah, make sure the guitar's in tune. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty good. All of the above. Would you call your first headline tour? You have so many options. Light it up. Light it up. Let's get lit. Let's get lit. <laughs> <laughs> so many options. Um, would you rather go on a massive tour with an artist of your choice, but you have zero interaction with them? Or go on a tour with a smaller, smaller tour with a lesser known artist, but you like go off and stay with them every night? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> it depends, you know what, for the for the professional level, obviously touring with a bigger artist to bigger audiences is going to expand your audience more. The enjoyment factor of when you get to hang out with a band we toured with, who they've become our really good friends, but Jessica Lynn, who came over from New York last year, we'd never met her before and we played three or four shows with her. And then we were able to go out to California and play with her. And then we played with her again. Like they're just, we have so much fun with them as a group of people. So that's really fun. And she, I would say, she's a lesser known artist. We got up on stage with her as well. Yeah, and we got to play with her. So played some ZZ Top. <laughs> so I think the interaction with an artist is great. But from a professional stance, obviously, if we got offered to go on tour with Alison Krauss or something, yeah, or Taylor Swift, we'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> you can't meet up. Really gonna say no, you're just like, yeah. That's fine, that's fine. Uh, strangest song inspiration you've ever had? Um, I mean, I've written songs about silly things before, don't know if they've ever seen the light of day. Gosh, I am. Um, 
We wrote a funny song about the guy next door once. This was like back in my youth. About I love that it suddenly become the neighbours' trash. Yeah, it was very kind of Fountains of Wayne, if you remember, like Stacey's mum. Oh. Um, but we could forget. <laughs> but we'd watch the movie Girl Next Door, and I had to write a song about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you kind of don't have to remember. I don't know really. Fairly cliche topics usually. Broken hearts. You know, all that fun stuff. Well, I, I did, I, for a while, I, I did have writer's block, and I was, I, I, I think it was my grandfather said to me, why don't you just come up with a song title yeah. and start there? And I said, well, how do you do that? And he said, well, have a look at the horses in the paper. For horse racing, there's usually a, a song title. And I remember looking through all the horses' names, and he was right, they were really good song titles. That's amazing. And that's how we wrote... <laughs> Young Hustler. Fool's God, I bet that is a horse. Yeah, definitely. One word to describe each other. Sassy. You're like, behave now, do a nice one. Nice. I remember ordering a Starbucks and uh, I just she said, What name should I put on it? I was like, Sassy Sally. <laughs> it ended up on Instagram two minutes later. Complete the sentence. Music is love. Country music is political. Gasoline and matches are awesome. Sally knows the handles really well. So we're on all of your favourite social media outlets. Um, on or all your own favourites. Um, Instagram is just Gasolina Matches Music. Twitter is Gasoline Online, and Facebook is just Gasoline and Matches. And we're not available in all good record stores. So thank you so much to Gasoline and Matches for that. And that will do for episode 40 of Off The Record. As always, please remember to rate, review and subscribe. And to listen to next week's episode with the wonderful Tammy. So I hope you guys enjoy your week. Bye y'all. Mm-hmm.